0: Welcome to Wild Hearts with Janine. I'm Janine, the host of this podcast, and I am so excited that y'all have decided to tune in today for this episode. I'm sitting down with my friend, Ashley Underwood. We've known each other for a few years, and we are going to be talking about a topic that we're both really passionate about. But I'm going to go ahead and say Ashley is way more knowledgeable about, and that is sustainability, which I mean, it's a hot topic word. It means so many different things. But we're excited to get to sit down and tell you guys a little bit about what sustainability means, how we can make better decisions toward a more sustainable life, and just start you guys off on your journey towards sustainability with small, simple ways to get started. So Ashley, hey.
1: Hello, Janine. Thank you for having me.
0: Ashley, I'm so glad you're here. You are such a sweet friend of mine, and I'm so glad that I met you a few years ago. I don't want to give away how we know each other. I'll let you answer that question in a bit. But why don't you take a few minutes to just introduce yourself?
1: Yes, so again, I'm Ashley. I am 30 years old, soon to be 31, and I whoop live Yep. Yeah, I live in <laughs> Los Angeles and have lived here for almost 3 years. And mm-hmm. yeah, like you said, we used to work together. And I feel like, yeah, we worked in different departments and we had Mm -hmm. some interactions. But I think when I moved from Nashville to LA is when you and I really connected because of your California roots. I know. Isn't that funny? (laughs) Got some California going on. Yeah.
0: We hung out more after we worked together than when we worked together. Like I remember when I Was it when I moved? It must have been when I moved from Nashville back to California before I traveled. And like we got lunch because I was coming through LA. And then I did a couple more trips through LA and we would just get together, which is so funny.
1: Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, we've known each other for a while. And I, for those listening, I am a virtual assistant. I work from home and One of my passions is, of course, sustainability, being low waste. But then I also am incredibly passionate about fostering kittens and
0: cats. You are. You always have kittens and cats. Always.
1: It's a rule.
0: (laughs) (laughs) How many do you have right now?
1: I only have two right now. It's a bonded pair. They're 11 months old. And if you're in L.A. and interested in adopting, let me know.
0: Oh my gosh, that's amazing. I loved it when you had, you guys had at one point, I wanna say it was three or four kittens, like little kittens.
1: We had five. We had <laughs> they
0: were five. Oh my we gosh. Had
1: five baby kittens. We got them oh when they word. were five days old. <gasps> and I became what's called a bottle feeding foster mom. And I took care of them and fed them in the middle of the night. So yeah, it was a lot of work, but it's so much fun.
0: My gosh, that's a great fun fact. You guys really do. And you have a dog. Yes. That's yours. Like yes. you, you <laughs> My baby. How does your dog do with the cats?
1: She's okay. So she's a Yorkie and she just turned nine and she kind mm-hmm. of ignores them. Sometimes she likes to bark at them. <laughs> but they kind of all live their separate lives under our our house. It's quite funny to
0: watch. That's so cute. I, I'm like, I feel like next time I come through LA, I have to swing by just to like see all the cats and your dog. all of them, the whole brood of animals. (laughs) Please do. Yes. Okay, well, you already answered how we know each other, which is super fun. We used to work together. But then I have one more question before we head into our topic. And that is, what's your favorite place you've ever been or a place you're hoping to go or both?
1: I'll do both. So my favorite place is it's a tie. My favorite places are Paris and Amsterdam. We went there last year and mind blown for the culture, the language, everything and the history. They're so beautiful.
0: Uh, Yeah. So much history over there, too. It's crazy.
1: And then a place that I really hope to go are also list two places. I've always wanted to go to Banff and then (gasps) I want to go to Iceland.
0: Okay, so Iceland is high on my list. So maybe we should try and play in a trip together. I'm actually going to Banff in May. Yes, I remember seeing and, that. Yeah, and our mutual friend Maria is also coming.
1: <laughs> That's fun.
0: I know, I'm really excited. I've always wanted to go, so hopefully it lives up to all of my hopes and dreams. <laughs> I'm sure it will. It will, it will. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. Yeah, I feel like we're in similar, on similar wavelengths when it comes yeah. to travel. And I even remember when I was in Germany, you had gone to Germany.
1: Yes, and I had told yeah. you, I was like, you need to go to Dachau.
0: Yeah, and I did. And it was uh, heavy, but so good. Like, yeah. I'm so glad that I went because it was for anyone who doesn't know Dachau is concentration camp, or it was a concentration camp. And it was the original one, right? Like the kind of the one that most of the others, particularly Auschwitz, was were modeled after.
1: Yeah. Is that right? That sounds right.
0: <laughs> we'll, we'll, <go> with that. <laughs> we'll fact check before <laughs> this before this goes live. But yeah, I was so glad that you, y'all told me to do that because... It was a cultural experience that I realized I really needed to have on such a, like, I was on such a fun trip and it was quite lighthearted, but to be kind of more grounded in history and reality was super great. So thank you for that recommendation while I was there.
1: And vice versa. I used your blog to pull up quite a few recommendations in Paris. So thank you.
0: (gasps) Did you go to Big Love?
1: Twice. Yes.
0: (laughs) Okay. Anyone going to Paris, you have to go to Big Love. It's this tiny little restaurant and they have the best gluten-free pizza ever. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Ever and the ambiance is incredible,
0: isn't it? So cute. Oh my, I I yes. loved it. Yes. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad that we could swap recommendations <laughs> on our European travels. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get into our topic for today, and that is a beginner's guide to sustainability. You are very obviously passionate, just in the way you talk and the things you share on social media about making small but really important daily choices toward a more sustainable life. When did living this way become such a priority to you and why? I would
1: say about five or six years ago, I stumbled upon a video on Instagram and it was of this girl in her mid early twenties in New York city who was talking about her trash and how she was able to reduce the amount of trash that she made to fit Mm. into a mason jar. And she's what was called a zero-waster and i remember being mm-hmm. in shock but it also in awe that somebody could make little that little of trash and i then explored some more into it and so went to her blog she was this i guess the word you could use is an influencer when it comes to zero waste but she's a blogger and she was an educator and that is what really started my journey was learning stuff from her Her name is Lauren Mm. and her account is Trashes for Tossers. And a lot of people actually stumble upon her or a few other of the main zero wasters when they learn about this environmental sustainability or just the overall act of producing less trash. And so while it was important to me when I first watched the video and I began learning a lot more, it it slowly morphed into what it is today, Mm. month by month year by year, I'm learning more, I'm researching more. And because there is still so much to learn, but the concept has always stuck with me. And when I think about it, I equate it to like, if I were to go shopping for a Jeep, if I wanted to go buy a new Jeep, and I really wanted a red Jeep, and then suddenly I leave and then I'm driving. And then all of a sudden, all I see are red Jeeps. Mm -hmm. That's how I felt after I watched this video. It was like all of a sudden, all I could see was plastic and fast fashion and Mm. trash and how I personally was contributing to it. So it's been an interesting journey. I've, I've personally enjoyed it.
0: (laughs) That's funny. I I personally enjoyed it. Oh, it's a fun challenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that is interesting. I never thought about it that way. That is so true that, you know, when we start thinking about things, we start seeing it everywhere and you're like, what has that always been that way? But you're right. It is when we start really being more conscious of the things that we want or the things that we don't want, we start to see it more in our daily lives. And so that's such an interesting way to have realized, like, there's so much plastic. There's just so much plastic in everything, on everything and then you start to think too about how much plastic just gets tossed versus looking at what can be recycled that's crazy
1: it really is you just notice that it's everywhere and that it's in places that it doesn't even need to be i mm-hmm. when i talk about plastic or my intentionality to reduce how much plastic i waste You know, there's Mm -hmm. areas in life where you need it. It holds medication or it protects certain things or it might be in your car. So I never want to say that I should or we should ban all plastic. It's just about watching where is it excessive in our lives and why is that? Mm -hmm. Mm,
0: That's good. I'm going to switch up our order of questions just to throw you for a loop. But we just started talking about plastic. So, you know, you've probably noticed that lately you know, going plastic free seems to be gaining popularity, whether it's plastic bags at grocery stores. I know some states and counties and cities, you know, have banned plastic bag use, or it's, you know, plastic water bottles and people trying to bring their reusable things, that sort of stuff. What are your thoughts on kind of the popularity and trend currently of plastic and not using as much plastic?
1: I love it. I, like you said, the word trend. The hope is that it's not a trend that goes away, but I love that people are paying attention to it. And like you said, I remember being taught when I would go to the grocery store that I needed to put my bananas in Mm. the produce bag. And I quickly learned you don't, you don't need to put your fruits or your vegetables in these Mm -hmm. produce bags because it's just ultimately trash. And these are Mm -hmm. things that you can wash when you get home. And so what I hope for people as they learn about going plastic free is that they're noticing the excess that comes from plastic and that they're wanting to ultimately reduce it. And so for me, that's what I want. I want to understand what my relationship is with this plastic. Mm. I want to understand my relationship with my trash <laughs> and especially too, you know, living in California, living in Los Angeles, when people knew I was moving here, they said, oh, that's perfect for you. Since I was the person that would say no straw when we were going out to eat, <laughs> it's like, oh, mm-hmm. well, this is a hippie place and you'll fit right in. But with a big city comes a lot of yeah. people and it's it's a heavy convenience culture where you mm-hmm. are getting your coffee to go or you're getting a lot of takeout. So there is with a lot of people it becomes a lot of trash. Mm-hmm. And so. Once we can open our eyes to understand what we can, what we individually use and what we individually waste, it's then about, for me, how can I retrain those habits to reduce that amount? And once mm-hmm. I realize recycling's not the solution, only about 9% of plastic in the United States is actually recycled, I need to be mm-hmm. thinking about what I can do to just not even have that plastic in my right. house in general.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. Well, on that note, what are some of the simplest things that you've done to kind of live a more sustainable and conscious lifestyle?
1: The first one is having a reusable water bottle, taking Mm. it everywhere I go. I have taken it on cross-country drives and have not once had to buy plastic water bottle from the gas station because I've been able to go to restaurants and fill it up. So that one has been big. I literally take it everywhere. But then the other simple things that I've done is just getting less food to go. So maybe mm-hmm. that's eating at the restaurant or I'm making more food at home. That way I mm-hmm. don't have styrofoam waste, things like that piling up. And mm-hmm. then also how much how much I shop. I'm trying to reduce that. I remember back in the day, I would get $100 for Christmas and I would immediately go to mm-hmm. Target and I would just spend it. I would just spend it on, on crap. And it would be Mm -hmm. useless items that would later break or clothes that weren't made well. And so that's one thing I've had to to be intentional about, which is reducing how much stuff I buy in general, but then also Mm -hmm. buying as much as I can secondhand.
0: Yes, that is so good. So, I mean, I don't know if you know this about me, but I tend to live more on the like minimal side of consumerism. I love minimalism. I love a capsule wardrobe. I love Marie Kondo. Like I love just like all that kind of stuff around lifestyle. And part of it is, I think, because I traveled for two years, I just didn't have room. I didn't have a place to like store a bunch of things. So I had to be pretty selective with what I had. And I think I've, as best I can, kind of taken that into what life looks like now that I've landed somewhere. But I similarly try to be very conscious about shopping it's amazing that I didn't really shop for two years because it didn't make sense. It wouldn't fit in my suitcase. But then all of a sudden you have like a house or, you know, you have more space and then you're like, oh, well now I need to fill it or my closet doesn't look very full. I need to get more. And, you know, every once in a while, I'll find myself kind of falling into that and I have to like check myself and say like, but do you one, do you actually need it? And two, do you feel good? Would you feel good about buying something if you don't know? how it was made, where it was made, who made it, how much they were paid to make it versus how much you're paying to own it. Like all these questions and I'm 100% not perfect, but I try to be more conscious of those kind of things because every decision we make, every purchase we make has a much larger impact than we realize, right?
1: Absolutely. And you're right. I think once you start to Peel the onion, you just realize yeah. how many layers there are to this. And so, mm-hmm. whereas when I first started, I was thinking about plastic or I was thinking about trash. And then that morphed into like, what else can I do? And then you notice this whole world of fast fashion, this whole world of also being able to purchase things that are ethically made, that are fair trade. So, you're supporting businesses and brands that are thinking. The same way that you are. Mm-hmm. It's a whole world. And like you said, we all make mistakes. And I don't think that this, <laughs> is, this is something that we can perfect immediately. In fact, I don't recommend it because of how much there is to learn. But I also enjoy taking it one step at a time. What can I improve? So what are, for example, what are my 2020 goals? Or what are my 2020 goals for the first half of this year? And And part of that is improving my closet and improving the clothes that I buy and how I buy them and where I buy them.
0: Mm -hmm. Dude, that's so good. Yeah. I love the reusable water bottle thing because really it's so simple. You buy a $20, you know, aluminum or whatever, stainless steel water bottle, and it can last you for years and years and years. And you just start to think about like, if you were to add up the number of water bottles you're not using because, you know, plastic water bottles. You're not using because you're using a reusable water bottle. Like that number is astonishing.
1: Yes. And depressing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and depressing. I do the same thing when I traveled. I always had a reusable water bottle with me. It's I have it's the same one I still use. I've been using it for three years. I just clean it. You just make sure you clean it and it will last you forever. I do the same when I go to coffee shops. Of course, there have been times I've forgotten to grab it, but I have reusable. Coffee mugs, you know, the stainless steel ones, which are also great because they keep your drinks warm. So, I mean, win win, but I'll go to coffee shops and, you know, whether I'm staying or going, I usually have them use that just so that then I don't have waste. Because, too, you think about, gosh, you just, when you just start to think about it, it really does kind of blow my mind. If someone goes to a coffee shop like four times a week and gets a to go coffee cup, that's what, four, that's 16 cups a month times 12. I'm not good at math. It's a lot of coffee cups a year. Like it's just all this waste that's so unnecessary. If we were just allow ourselves to be so like slightly inconvenienced, it's really not even an inconvenience. It's just a matter of having stuff in your car so that when you're out and about, you don't have to get a, you know, plastic water bottle. You don't have to get a plastic grocery bag. Like if you carry reusable bags in your car, like there are just a lot of simple choices I think we could make that could, the impact might not be that great, but it's still an impact toward a better future.
1: Exactly. That is one thing I've learned is that I have to plan ahead. I think Mm -hmm. about like, am I on this drive going to want to stop at the grocery store and get two items? Well, then maybe I should make sure I have my grocery bag with me. Am I going to Mm -hmm. want to stop and get some coffee to go? Okay, well, then I need to get my reusable coffee cup and Mm -hmm. bring that with me. I have a little backpack that is my purse. And so I always have Mm -hmm. silverware in there. I have a napkin. But yeah, it is truly about planning ahead. And I I stopped to take the time to think about what are the things I'm going to do. And by planning ahead, I'm able to get ahead and not hopefully produce that trash that had I just on a whim gone Mm -hmm. to the grocery store and picked up something well now I might have something that I have to take home and then recycle or throw away
0: small decisions like it's like baby steps and they can make the world of a difference when you look back you know five years later Mm -hmm. (laughs) well what are uh, this is an interesting question but what are some maybe lesser known sustainably conscious choices we can all make? Because I know water bottles and reusable bags, those are things that are almost like, yeah, we've heard it. We've heard it. (laughs) Which is terrible. You should still be doing it. It doesn't matter how many times you hear it. You should still be doing it. Um, But what are maybe some like lesser known ways that we could be making better decisions towards sustainability?
1: This might not be lesser known, but I think a lot of people don't do it at first. Mm -hmm. And that's composting. Mm. It took me many years to start composting. And when I started to do it, I noticed how much waste or how much food I was diverting from waste because our landfills are so compact. They have no oxygen to allow our food to biodegrade. And even if it does, it's taking decades upon decades. So when I began composting, I was nervous. I thought the process was going to be super intimidating. However, one of the positives about living in a big city like Nashville or even mm-hmm. Los Angeles is there's, there's plenty of options and plenty of companies that can help. So mm-hmm. when I lived in Nashville, we used a compost pickup service where we would get a green bin from them and put our food scraps in it for the week. And then mm-hmm. every Thursday morning, they would pick it up and they would take it to their place and compost it. And it was super easy. Um, Now that I live in Los Angeles, I go to a neighborhood compost co-op. So it's in Mm -hmm. the back of this beautiful garden space. And I put our food scraps into a container. And the team also handles a lot of the composting for us. But Mm. it's incredibly easy. And I'm kind of like, why haven't I started this sooner? But (laughs) all that matters is that I'm doing it now. But again, even if you don't have those options, if you live in a small town or if you live somewhere and you might not be able to afford having a compost pickup, there are plenty of services in a lot of cities that will teach Mm -hmm. you how to compost. And there's also blogs. There's videos on YouTube that can show you how you can compost in your house, how you can compost in your backyard. That's the nice part about the year 2020 is we have just so much available to teach us. Yes. and so many services available to help us. So composting, composting is the biggest one that while people know what composting is, they don't realize how much food they're throwing away and how much yeah. of that can actually be sent to a composting place. And then they're just helping not fill up
0: landfill. That is so good and so true. Interesting about composting. So I said this before, I think, I think before we started recording, but like where I grew up, it's like, By law, you have to compost now. It wasn't always that way when I was a kid, but it is now. And so every time I've gone back, I just realized like there is, you're right, there's so much food waste like that you don't even realize you just throw into a trash can. But your trash amount becomes so much smaller when you take out the food waste. And of course, when you take out recycling, I hope nobody's throwing away that which can be recycled. If you are, we're not shaming you, but (laughs) get a recycling bin, (laughs) please. (laughs) There are probably community you know, areas in your community where you can take your recycling. But yeah, moving back to Nashville, I you know, got back here and I forgot how it's not the most eco-conscious city. I think it's getting there. I think there are a lot of services available, but it's not always standard to have like recycling pickup and things like that. Um, fortunately, where I live, there is recycling pickup, which is great. But recently I, I was like, you know, I have glass and where I live, they don't take glass. So I started looking into like how can I start, how can I recycle glass? Cause I it's one of the actually easiest things to recycle. And so I did some research and found a service in Nashville where it's like $15 a month, which is not that much. And it actually is a, a company that like employs people that would be deemed unemployable. So either they have lost a job or they're homeless or they have been incarcerated in the past. And so it's harder for them to find. Job And so this company hires them. So it's like kind of double good. Like I feel good about recycling my glass, obviously. But then I also feel good because I know that this small amount of money I'm spending every month is helping, you know, people who might not otherwise have a job, which is so cool. So I started doing glass recycling, which was, you know, a small expense for me, but could make a big difference twofold. And then I was like, okay now I want to compost because I started thinking about how much food was being thrown away. And started looking into services. And one day I was walking, there's a little alley behind my house and I was walking, I don't know why I was walking down it, but I was, and I noticed that my neighbor two doors down, they actually have their own compost situation set up right behind their house. And I was like, oh shoot. So I texted her and I was like, hey, I noticed you guys have you know, your own compost thing going on. I was wondering if you wouldn't mind if I added to it as I have compost. And they were like, absolutely. I was like, I don't need it. I don't garden. Like I won't need what comes out of the compost. You know what I mean? But I'd love to put into. And they were like, absolutely. Here's what we, you know, what we put into compost and blah, blah, blah. And so it was so interesting that, you know, once I started kind of like how we said earlier, once you start looking for it, you start seeing it. Right. Mm
1: -hmm. And I used that same glass recycler in Nashville. So did you? Yeah. So shout out to that. It's like, Uh, Just do a little bit of research and you're probably going to stumble upon businesses like that help those in need and give them a job who can Mm -hmm. pick up your recycling.
0: How cool is that? I know it was it felt like quite a win for me. And it's cool because I have like neighbors in my area that I don't know if they would recycle you know, if they, if it was something that they would ever pay for. So I made sure to let a couple of people know, like, Hey, if you ever have glass, like hold on to it and I'll come pick it up. (laughs) Like, I'll come pick it up. And then they'll come pick it up. And that glass that would have been just thrown away. Otherwise will get recycled, which makes me happy to know that, you know, we're making little, little steps toward a difference.
1: (laughs) Good. That's what it takes with every single person is I might be have I might have been talking about this for years upon years and then just suddenly one day it sticks with somebody and then it's just this ripple effect so the moment you start telling a friend that you want to take her glass so that it can be recycled well she'll she'll send that to you but then maybe in 2 years something else triggers her thoughts and then she mm-hmm. starts working with another friend about recycling so mm-hmm. all good news
0: Oh, good news. That's so good. Yeah. You don't never know what the ripple effect could be. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, we've talked a little bit about just, you know, being a little bit more conscious when we, when we consider purchasing, particularly when it comes to things like clothing, clothing and products, how do you shop more ethically and or sustainably? What are some of your favorite brands or stores that we can start telling other people about to look into?
1: Absolutely. So for me, the most sustainable thing that I can do is to buy as many of my clothes secondhand, which is my goal for the year 2020. I am not going to act like this is something I've been doing for years upon years. (laughs) This is really something I've been trying to work on for the last year is to get clothes secondhand. I have a friend in town who bags up all of her clothes that she's going to donate to Goodwill, gives them to me. Amazing. I then get to go through her clothes and I get to find stuff that I want and then I'll take the rest of her clothes to Goodwill. So I want to say that at the moment, probably about 80% of my closet is her hand-me-downs. So I'm very mm-hmm. thankful for that. But when it comes to like, if I need to buy something new or if there's a specific brand that I really like, another mm-hmm. thing that I'll try and do is look at Poshmark. That is mm-hmm. a great website. There's ThreadUp. My husband uses the website Grailed for men's clothing. He buys oh, cool. a ton of quality clothes that are secondhand from there. So like, for example, there's a, there was a pair of Everlane pants that I really wanted. Mm-hmm. And I knew that there's probably a ton of them out there for sale. So I just went to Poshmark and I immediately found them. And I found them in my size and I ordered them. And I was able to save maybe 20 bucks versus buying them from Everlane brand new. But if I'm looking for something that I want to buy brand new... And I want to buy it sustainably, ethically. A few of the brands that I like, Nashville-based, Nisolo, Thor Mm -hmm. Shoes. I just bought a leather belt from them because I haven't had a belt in maybe like eight years and Mm -hmm. just needed a belt. There's a Los Angeles-based dress. They're primarily a dress shop called Christy Dawn. Yes. Yes, Incredible. (laughs) They use dead stock fabric that otherwise would not be used for their clothing. The factory is based in LA. It's incredible. Mm -hmm. And then there's a brand that I believe is based in Sweden called Nudie Jeans. It's where Mm -hmm. I get, my husband and I get our denim from. So they have a, they have a spot in LA. And so we'll go Mm -hmm. there. But again, like I said, if there's something specific that I'm looking for, I'm going to try and see if I can find it just a little bit cheaper on Poshmark. But other than that, like let's say for example that I need a jacket or I need a XYZ, you name it, and I'm like I want to find a great brand that I can mm-hmm. support, but I don't know where to look. There's a website called Good on You. It's goodonyou.eco, mm. and they have done the heavy research on a ton of brands, rating them on this ethical scale, 1 out of 5, 1 meaning we avoid and five meaning great. And so Mm. you can research a brand and see how they fall amongst their rating. And so like, okay, if I'm going to search for Christy Dawn, I can see their thoughts and the the research that they've done on the brand and see whether or not it's worth it. And so it was fascinating. Like I spent some time on it the other night. So I was interested in popular brands and this, this is one thing I always tell people is watch out for the word sustainable. Watch, watch out, you know, mm. if you're looking at food, you might see the word natural. Like you can't always believe stuff. And I'm not saying that these brands are bait and switching us. But this is why I love companies like Good On You who do heavy research because yeah. I might think somebody's more eco-friendly or more sustainable. And then I find out maybe they're not. Maybe they have a ways to go. So I searched, mm-hmm. for example, Everlane, and was surprised that they got a two out of a five. Good oh, wow. on you! I know recommend or good on you gave them a not good enough scale. Which, as compared, that is also what Madewell
0: got. Yeah.
1: So it's just it's it's super fascinating. I I really like that that website.
0: Well, it's super helpful too because then yeah, I think you're right. There is because because we've been trending with words like sustainable and ethical and things that are like actually very important, but some companies might just slap on their branding, but n- might not actually be a hundred percent true. It is good that we are able to use tools like good on you to really figure out, is this the best, um, you know, consumer decision I can make, or is there something better out there where I can feel better about the things that I'm buying? Knowing that it's not just that the, you know, the, what's the word I'm looking for? The, uh, product like the products what it's made of is good Mm -hmm. what is that word what am I looking for (laughs) (laughs) you know what I'm talking about the like the material I guess (laughs) that took me way too long um I did the same (laughs) so it's you know it's one thing if the material is ethically sourced but then you have to look at who is making it you know you don't want child labor making your jeans And you want to look to it, what they're being paid. Is it a living wage for where they live? Or is it, you know, that's where fast fashion is really hard because we've been taught like, oh, just culturally, like, oh, buy cheap, just buy things cheap because it's $5 at so-and-so store. But then you think like, if it's $5 to purchase, that means it was a fraction of that to produce, which likely means that whoever made it was paid so far under a living wage that it's not even like fathomable. And so sometimes, you know, people whine about some of the the brands that are doing a really good job about being more ethical and sustainable. You know, their stuff's so expensive. And I'm always like, yeah, but you're paying for quality and you're paying for someone's weight. Like you're paying for someone's livelihood as well. And typically those products are made to last. There's so much kind of focus and care Put into making that shoe or that shirt that it's going to last you a lot longer than a $10 t-shirt is going to last you.
1: We forget that there is still slavery out there mm-hmm. in like the form of like child slavery or we are not supporting brands who are paying their their workers a living wage. So our dollars, especially as like millennial if if you're a millennial listening to this and you are purchasing something like your dollar means so much your dollar is choosing to support a cause mm-hmm. and it could be a good cause or it could be a bad cause and like you said about cheap like you grow up thinking like oh I'm gonna be like a couponer and I'm gonna get all this stuff for so cheap and I'm gonna be so proud of myself that I got these pants for ten dollars it's like mm-hmm. well what am I supporting when I'm saying that, that, that whole production line from when I bought it back to when maybe the material was sourced, am I supporting all of those people? No, I'm not. Right. And you know what? It's also really hard to get there. And it's, it's like, once you open your eyes to this world, it's scary. But if we mm-hmm. can, t- if we can even make an effort to do 1% better yeah. day by day, yeah. There is a change. You will see a change.
0: Mhm. I think that's important to consider is obviously this isn't going to be like an over for anyone. It's not going to be an overnight. I'm I'm going from one way of consumerism to a 100% different way of consumerism and it's going to happen like that super unrealistic, right? I feel like that's almost setting us up to fail and then to get down on ourselves when we fail versus saying what one decision can I make right now? Like what if I just you know, what do they call it? Like a shopping freeze. I don't know if that's what they call it. But like where you take three months and you don't buy anything new. Mm -hmm. Clothing wise, product wise, like furniture wise, you just take. And you start to realize, I've done that before. You start to realize like, huh, how much like unconscious kind of empty minded purchasing have I been doing my entire life? Because when I told myself no for a few months, I realized there wasn't really much I actually needed
1: isn't that the truth
0: i know okay wait i have a question selfishly i this is hopefully this doesn't throw you for a loop but i didn't put this down on our prompt for today but i would love to know like for you because i i am trying to be better about doing secondhand shopping as well when it comes to my closet especially i don't need much but when there is something where i realize like oh i could really use a denim jacket i would so much rather go buy it secondhand so where are some of your favorite places to shop secondhand, whether it's online or in person?
1: So there's quite a few curated shops on Instagram. And I feel like I'll need to pull it up. There totally. is the brand, the Instagram account. I might have to pause and think about this for a second. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. Um, Etsy has tons of curated accounts of people okay. who are sourcing vintage items, finding vintage items and selling them on their accounts. And it's the same okay. with Instagram. I follow a few. There's there's a few accounts that I can think of off the top of my head. There's one that I'll go ahead and give a shout out to is mm-hmm. it's called Meek Vintage, M E E K Vintage. Mm-hmm. And they're based in, I want to say Denver. And they do vintage furniture, decor. They'll do some boutique cute candles, and then tons of vintage clothes. I've gotten a few things from them. Super cute stuff, but it's it's like once you find it, you can go down a rabbit hole and find <laughs> a ton more vintage shops. There's, there's a girl who was in Berkeley, California, and just recently moved to L.A., she's the same. She searches for stuff. She finds a ton of vintage clothes and then posts it for sale. And it's a lot of fun. So mm-hmm. I realized like if I spend 30 minutes searching for stuff, I can actually find quite a bit. And I guess that is one reason why I'm thankful for things like Instagram.
0: Mm-hmm. So true. Do, what do you uh, do you ever do like Goodwill or things like that? I, I'm always intimidated by stores like that for some reason.
1: So I personally don't, I, I like shopping, but I, I don't at the same time. If I can be in a store as little as possible, I consider it a win. I have a friend of mine who will go to like every vintage shop in LA and she'll be like looking for the most perfect stuff and, and her closets awesome, Mm -hmm. but it's because she spends time looking for things and she really enjoys it. So I personally am not the Goodwill type of person. But also a ton of people have a lot of luck doing that.
0: I know. I have friends who do it. I have friends who go like every weekend to a different Goodwill and they just stock up on stuff. It's amazing. I'm always like, how'd you find that? I would never find that. Or I would never see, maybe I would just never see the like the beauty in it hanging on a rack amidst a bunch of other stuff. So I was just curious kind of what your go-tos are. That's super helpful. I just followed Meek Vintage, so I'm excited to get lost in a rabbit hole myself. (laughs) Uh, well I have one more question around our topic today and hopefully this is one where you know there's we've talked about so many different things sustainability is kind of a global term it can mean so many different things you can be sustainable in in one way or another way or another way or another way and that's why I think sometimes it can be overwhelming when someone thinks like I want to be more sustainable but I do not know where to start so with that in mind What advice would you give to someone wanting to take their first steps towards sustainability?
1: I'll back this up a little and think big picture first. Mm -hmm. And I'm stealing this from one of my favorite people to follow on Instagram. And one thing she talked about, it really resonated with me, but her recommendation was the importance of nature. Be in Mm -hmm. nature, appreciate nature. When we spend time outside, we appreciate what this planet is and we want to take care of it. I know like when I go travel that's how I feel or if I go out to the beach it's just like such awe of this beautiful planet that we were given and it makes the entire process easier of yeah. trying to be better stewards overall whether that's you know picking up trash on the ground, recycling, you know, reducing how much single-use plastic we have or not consuming fast fashion or watching our overall consumerism in general. So I say that that's a great first step is like remind yourself where you are like we have such a beautiful planet that we need to take care of and that might sound a little hippy-dippy but it's true. (laughs) The moment I go outside I see beautiful palm tree I'm just so thankful for it but the true advice that I give to people who are interested in this is you don't have to buy stuff to be greener. I have an old soap dispenser in my bathroom that I refill with bulk soap. I don't Mm -hmm. have all of these pretty stainless steel, these pretty bamboo utensils. I try and use what I have as much as I can before buying something new to replace it. And I don't want to buy something new to make it look pretty. So stainless steel is great, but it doesn't equate zero waste Mm -hmm. or doesn't equate sustainability. Also, people get into things and they're like, crap, I, I'm so wasteful or I'm like such a bad spender. Like, that's okay. Like, you're not a failure. I do it every day. I make mistakes every day. But <laughs> like, the goal is to have goals and the goal is to try. Mm-hmm. So if you realize, oh, I really shouldn't have just bought that. Well, what can you do tomorrow to fix that? What can you learn from? And maybe that's just trying one thing at a time. Get in the habit of bringing your water bottle everywhere Mm -hmm. you go. Maybe there's one night a week where you're making a meatless vegetarian meal. Maybe it's one night a week where you're not getting takeout. And then the list goes on. So for me, it was composting. It was as silly as this sounds. I used to wear daily contacts because they were the best things for my eyes. And I made the switch to glasses just because I felt like that was going to be a little bit better for my viewpoint. Look at the food you buy. So I made a switch if I'm buying chocolate, I want to research what chocolate brands that I mm-hmm. buy. Shout out as a side note to Tony's Choco Lonely, incredible brand
0: of chocolate. Is that is that the brand that's like made in Amsterdam in, in the Netherlands?
1: If it's not, it's it's the first place I ever bought it. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. That is where I first learned about this brand and they have it in some shops here in town.
0: Yeah, it's Dutch. I just Googled it just to be sure. It's a Dutch brand. Because when I went to Amsterdam, my friends who live there put like a care package together for me when I got there full of like Dutch things. And there was Tony's Chocolony. Oh. Chocolony? Chocol- chocolate. And it's it's yeah. so good. And that you're right. That's like one small thing.
1: Exactly. And so... Yeah, as a side note, you go to their website, their mission is, it says that they are just focused on completely getting rid of child labor and farm labor and slavery from the chocolate industry. It's incredible. So there you go. It's just, it's just like one thing mm-hmm. you can learn about. I, I learned about them a year ago, you mm-hmm. know, and I've been interested in this entire process for six years. So one step at a time. And then lastly, I would say to what I was telling you earlier is like, there's so much information out there that can't quite fit into a podcast. And so there are tons of resources that I want to hit. And Mm -hmm. when it comes to fast fashion, if you're interested in learning, even just about the clothing industry as a whole, and you haven't seen the true cost, I want to say it might still be on Netflix, but I would definitely watch that. That is what truly opened my eyes to the fast fashion industry and understanding the impact of consumerism. Then of course, the documentary Minimalism is another great resource. But then also like there are this is spreading. There are Facebook groups you can join. You can join them by your your city. I was mm-hmm. in a group that was for Nashvilleans before. Now I'm in a group that's for people who live in Los Angeles. And I can ask a million questions to these people and vice versa. And I'm able to learn what's around and what resources I have in my city. So reach out, find your community of people. And then the last resource that I want to give is when it comes to the world of zero waste. I love this blogger named Catherine. Her website is goingzerowaste.com. She lives in the Bay Area, has a wealth of knowledge. She ended up giving up plastic because of a health issue related to, I don't know if it was like the BPA or something in plastic that she was physically reacting to. And so that started her on a huge journey. And so she talks about ethical and fair trade brands and then tips and tricks and how to make certain things at home versus buying it. So another, another great resource for people.
0: That's really cool. I think you're right. It really does. It doesn't have to be an all at once flip. It really is just like making one conscious decision, which is going to build, right? You're going to make one decision and then it's going to be easier to make another and another and another. And that's when you're going to find yourself five or six years down the line realizing like it all started with this one decision. And now look at how much different my life looks and how much more sustainable hopefully my life is you know, the the decisions I'm making towards sustainability because I made that one decision however many years ago.
1: Absolutely. And as you start to follow people, you might read blogs or read books or watch documentaries. You're going to start to add to your knowledge and figure out things that you can improve. So at first I might have been looking in this one area of my life. And then as I started reading more blogs and learning about other areas that I could improve, I then add those things on. But again, this is a process. And even just in life, I see a lot of people talking about like an 80-20 rule. You're going to mess up and you're going to learn. And and could you imagine if the entire country did that? If we all just tried just to do a little bit better and maybe just try to like not waste just a little bit Mm -hmm. (laughs) what we would be doing for our planet and for our economy and so on and so forth.
0: Mm-hmm. Dude, so good. Ashley, this has been probably one of my favorite episodes so far. Oh. Because it is, I feel like it could be such an, there's so much. There are so many things we could be doing. And it can be so overwhelming to somebody who has no idea where to where to even start. And I feel like you've done a really good job of breaking it down into bite-sized pieces. So that anyone, no matter where you're at on your journey, could pick up so many different things. And start making just better, more earth-friendly, sustainable, conscious decisions. So thank you for all of your wisdom and passion on this topic.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for (laughs) having me. And I try and share some stuff on Instagram. And so hopefully, you know, we can all just become a little bit better day by day.
0: Yes. And y'all, you'll have to follow follow Ashley on Instagram. I'll be sure to link all her stuff in the show notes, as well as links to all of the things that she referenced. During our topic, because there is a lot of great resources out there that we want you guys to have just direct access to. So be sure to check out the show notes from this episode. But before we before we sign off, I do have some kind of questions to round up our time together. Are you ready for them?
1: I am. I'm nervous. Okay. But I'm ready. <laughs> Don't
0: be nervous. <laughs> That's gonna be <been laughs> great. Well, the first question is knowing what you know now at almost 31, right? Yes. <laughs> what would you tell yourself at age 20?
1: Oh goodness. <laughs> I would tell myself to stop buying crap <laughs> yeah. and read more.
0: <laughs> Ooh, read more. What were you doing when you were 20 that kept you from reading more?
1: I was just, you know, enjoying life in college and yeah, probably going to the pool a ton. And I would think I just started dating my now husband. So just, um, you know, not enough books in my life. <laughs>
0: Well, that's a good answer. Therefore, next question is, who or what is inspiring you lately? Bonus points if it's a book you've read recently.
1: <laughs> well, I'm in the middle of reading Harry Potter.
0: So yes. Yes. I, I Y'all, don't, if you don't know. I'm a huge <laughs> Harry Potter fan.
1: <laughs> so I don't know if it's necessarily inspiring, but uh, that's what I'm, I'm reading. My husband has read it backwards and forwards like you 500,000 times. And Mm -hmm. I I have read a few of them. And so we are going back through them together. I'm on two, he's on four. But it's kind of this like experience to go through together. And then Mm -hmm. we'll watch the movie once I'm
0: done with the book. (laughs) How fun. That's so fun that you guys are doing it together. I love it.
1: Yeah. So not inspiring, I guess in a way it is. But what's been inspiring me lately is the person that I mentioned Earlier, my favorite Instagram account is this zero waster named Stevie. Mm. And she is joyful and has such a zest for life. And then also talks about environmental stuff, which some people might be like, Oh goodness, but I love it.
0: <laughs> Perfect. Well, we'll make sure to link her in the show notes too, so everyone can check her out. Um, I love it. And okay, last question in you because this type of podcast. Is called Wild Hearts at Chenee, and I'm just sitting down with some of my friends to talk about just different topics. In your opinion, what makes someone a wild heart?
1: Somebody who is okay with being weird and embracing yes. the weirdness.
0: Yes, I love that so much. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel so weird like all the time, and I love it that I like love my quirks. Yeah. So I like that is such a good answer.
1: I know it's it's awesome to be weird.
0: It is and to just own it and also then I think too the older we're getting not that 30s old but like the more we're experiencing life the more we realize everyone is.
1: Yeah yeah (laughs) and and living in a place like Los Angeles where a lot of people might be going after fame or going after wealth it's Mm -hmm. I love seeing people who are just 100% them just who love on people, you mm-hmm. know, and are, are weird. It's a lot I of love fun. It. It's so refreshing.
0: It is so refreshing. Kind of ditching the, you have to be perfect or have to be one way or another, like just be exactly who you are and own it. Cause exactly. weird is great. Different is really good. <laughs> exactly. Oh, Ashley, truly, this has been such a sweet time. I'm so glad that we were able to get together and talk about this topic. I'm really expectant for everyone who listens in. There's so many like I said bite-sized nuggets that we I know I will be chewing on for a while and that I'm sure are going to help so many people make just better more conscious more sustainable decisions so thank you for sharing
1: thank you thank you for having me and to everybody who listened just know that it's a journey and mm-hmm. it's one thing that I am still learning and it's I I absolutely love to be on this journey it's with a lot of people who are very teachable and so just know that. Ever have questions? That there's a lot of people who are here to help, and mm-hmm. I I look forward to seeing to seeing what questions people have after this
0: podcast. Hmm. Me too. Well, can they reach out to you if they have questions? Are you comfortable with that? Absolutely. Woo. Okay. Awesome. You all follow her on follow Ashley on Instagram, and if you have more questions about just making more ethical, sustainable, conscious choices, being a better friend to the world that we've been trusted to take care of definitely reach out to Ashley. She's amazing. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Ashley.
1: Thank you, Janine. You're the best.
0: Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Wild Hearts with Janine. I loved having Ashley on the show. She has so much passion and knowledge around sustainability and just being more conscious and eco-friendly in the ways that we live our lives. So I hope that you learned so many nuggets from her and the conversation that we had. And don't forget to check out the show notes because I put a ton of resources and things that Ashley referenced there. So be sure to check it out and give Ashley a follow. All right, guys, we will be back in a couple of weeks when I will be sitting down with my friend Ariel Astoria, and we are going to be talking all about how to really love your body. And not only that, but recognize the things that you're able to do because of it and then fully step into it. Trust me, trust me, trust me. You're not going to want to miss it. But until then, keep dreaming, seeking, and stepping out in faith.